here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rap Fantasy Football Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Nine Route Fantasy Football Podcast. Pat and Scott here. We are closing in. We are closing in. Uh, just had the Hall of Fame game and induction ceremony. Coach Vermeil, among others, making their way into a gold jacket and a bust in Canton. We are going to talk about some players this this time around that may also find their way into Canton, eh, maybe in like 10, 15 years, not right this minute. We're talking about some quarterbacks and rankings going into the 2022 season. Uh, It's that time of year, folks. Uh, Camps are are flying around uh, hot and heavy. Not too many crazy injuries, but a few. Um, But we're definitely hearing some rumblings. Uh, All those off-season signings and trades and and roster moves by your team and how they're going to affect your fantasy football team for the good or the bad, Uh, You know whether or not you have keeper leagues and dynasties or, or just a basic redraft league. Uh, we're going to touch base right now on the quarterbacks and who we like a little bit more than each other, a little less than each other. Uh, we have a couple of guys here that, you know, well, we, we agree to disagree. So we're going to explain that overall and just our our overall concepts of of how we rank these guys and, and the who, what, when, where, why's and how's. But obviously you have your own favorites, but we're, we're going to give you a few guys to, to maybe keep an eye on a, a, throughout the season. And, and these are guys that Again, we, we just have strong feelings for or against, so we'll, we'll touch base on that. So, yeah, so the quarterbacks, what we're looking at is basically, you know, with with, with ranking quarterbacks, you're going to be fairly close. I think you and I were, you know, within two or three spots on most, most of the quarterbacks, but we did have a few guys where we were, you know, five, six, six spots off, some a little bit, a little bit more than that, and we'll get into that as we, as we dive into these quarterbacks, but Basically, you know, what we tried to do was was look at some of the bigger gaps between where you and I have guys ranked and, you know, consensus. I think we still come in, you know, fairly even with with the market as far as, you know, where guys are going off the board. Um, again, some of the guys that you're really high on, I might be a little bit lower on and, and vice versa. But we do have some pretty decent sized discrepancies. Like I said, five or six spots in, in the quarterback position is, is pretty big. Uh, between the two of our ranks and you know we like to put out there you know why we feel the way that we feel and and you know give some information on these quarterbacks and and you know why we may be selecting some guys earlier or later in drafts so uh, before we get into all of that just want to remind everybody about our promotion our giveaway the Darius Slay jersey that we have uh, that we're going to be giving away here in a few weeks all you need to do for that folks is just Follow the show, leave us a review, take screenshots uh, of the review and uh, of the the show, and email them to our email address. That is the nine route FFB at gmail.com. Make sure to get those entries in. We will be selecting a winner in a few weeks. And remember that we did say last week you can enter that on any platform. So if you listen to us on you know Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can send us one there. You can go on iHeartRadio and send us a review there. You can do another one on Google Podcasts if you want. So you have multiple ways to enter. You can, you know, put in more than than one entry if you want. And uh, we encourage you to do that. Definitely helps us out to to get those those follows and and those reviews out there on on the different websites and different places that you can find the show. So. Go out and do that and uh, and hit us up on the email and enter yourself in that contest. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice piece of material there, folks. Uh, 100% United States cotton. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is an autographed um, Darius Slade jersey from pristineauction.com. It's, it's really nice. It's, you know, it, listen, if nobody enters this contest, which I'm kind of hoping... Uh, I have no problem keeping that thing because it's, it's a nice jersey. Trust me. I've, I've taken it out of the box and looked at it. It's it's really nice. But, uh, yeah, get your entries in, and uh, we will pick a winner in a few weeks. Sounds good. Sounds good, folks. Get in there. Get that jersey. Get a little piece of uh, 
memorabilia to hang in the man cave, the she shed, uh, you know, whatever, whatever you're looking to do uh, there. But definitely uh, a quality item. And Darius Slay looking to have a good season for the Eagles. Uh, we're hoping for that as well uh, here at the nine round. So what do you say, Pat? Let's let's dive in. Uh, you want to you want to give them the lowdown on the hoedown here with the QBs? Yeah, so what I'd like to do is real quick is just go over our consensus rankings. Uh, this is basically just an average of you know where you have guys ranked versus where I have guys ranked. I'm not going to go over where we have guys individually. Um, we will hit some of those as we go. But basically, our consensus for you know for the top you know 15 quarterbacks or so. Actually, we'll, I'll read through the the first. Uh, I'll read through the first 20 quarterbacks is that'll pretty much cover all the guys that we're going to be hitting in this, in this episode, except for one, which we'll get to a little bit later. Uh, so we have Josh Allen as the number one quarterback, obviously two number one seasons back to back. It's kind of hard to put him anywhere else. We have Justin Herbert at number two, Lamar Jackson at three, Jalen hurts at number four, Mahomes at five, Kyler Murray at six, Tom Brady at seven. Dak Prescott at eight, Russell Wilson at nine, Joe Burrow rounding out the top 10, Aaron Rodgers at 11, Derek Carr at 12, Stafford at 13, then we have Cousins at 14, Lance at 15, Tua Tagovailoa at 16, Justin Fields comes in at 17, Winston at 18, Trevor Lawrence at number 19, and then Matt Ryan at QB 20. For our consensus ranks. Like I said, that is fairly consistent with ADP. It's fairly consistent with where, you know, a lot of other, you know, guys have quarterbacks ranked. I think that for the most part, quarterback is probably the easiest position to rank. Um, it, it, it just, you kind of, you know, look at talent, look at the weapons around, you know, each of these quarterbacks and, um, you know, kind of make a determination on, you know, where you think they're, they're going to fall. Uh, speaking of surrounding talent, we have a pretty big discrepancy. Our first big discrepancy is actually at Patrick Mahomes, who comes in at number five on our overall consensus. And the reason he's actually down that far is because I have him ranked a lot lower. Uh, you actually have him at two. I have him ranked at QB eight. Bumped, I bumped him to three. I did bump him to three. Oh, okay. So you're in, at three in, a, in a recent update. Yes. Yes. Okay. So you're at three, I'm at eight. That still puts him pretty much at, at QB5 for us tied mm -hmm. uh, with, with Kyler Murray now. So I'll dive in first here since I'm a much farther yeah. off of... Yeah, man, what's up with the hate? Come on. <laughs> it's the name. It's a terrible name. I hate it. And I... No. Yeah. Uh, so looking back, you know, Patrick Mahomes is always, you know, one of the top guys in dress, or has, I should say, always. He has been the last few years. Um, because of, you know, the incredible season he had uh, in 2018. Finishes the QB1, uh, 429 fantasy points. And that's great. But in the past three seasons, he's been the QB4 twice and the QB8 once. And I think you saw last year, uh, at least I noticed, and I know, you know, watching the games, a lot of the analysts noticed that Kansas City's offense struggled a little bit with the deep ball um teams started playing a deeper coverage kind of uh making the chiefs throw underneath a little bit more often and you know not allowing them to rely on those big plays and what that does is it does two things first of all it makes the offense have to bring together a series of plays eight to you know say 12 plays in a row where you have to get positive yards. You have to get first downs. You have to keep the chains moving. Whereas if you can beat a team with a, a big play, even if it's a four or five play drive, you get one chunk play for 40 yards. You're adding to those stats, obviously. But what you're also doing is you're taking a lot less time off the clock, which means that you're going to be getting in a lot more plays. The Chiefs were number two and number three in plays in 20. Uh, 19 and 2020 dropped all the way down to seventh in the amount of plays that they ran in 2021. And I think that with Tyreek Hill gone, the way to beat the chiefs has the blueprint has been put out there. And so I feel like you're going to see more of the same this year that you saw last year, but you're going to see it from the very beginning of the season instead of 
three, four, five games in where you saw it last year. And I just, as good as Patrick Mahomes is, I don't think he's got the weapons this year. I may be proved wrong. He may be able to turn Juju Smith-Schuster into something in, you know, what he was, uh, you know, back in 2017 when he was a rookie and had that great season. That's, that's 100%, you know, in the realm of possibility, but for me, without Tyreek Hill taking the top off of the defense and, and being that deep threat that you have to worry about on every play, I just don't see Kansas City's offense being as good this year as it has been in the past. And there's already uh, a QB8 finish in Patrick Mahomes' career. So, uh, I, you know, me having him at QB8, I don't think is too far out of the question, especially considering that his rushing numbers were down last year compared to uh, his previous four years in the league or three years that he had been a starter. So there's just, that's another element that he doesn't really add with his legs as much as some of these other quarterbacks that I have ranked higher. So that's where I'm at with Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. I just, I'm not going to be drafting him in the top two or three quarterbacks. I'm not going to be taking him in the third or fourth round where he's going and, and drafts. Um, I'm just not interested in paying up for, a guy like Mahomes, as good as he is, you know, skill wise, you know, it's about value in drafts. And for me, I wouldn't be willing to take him until, you know, maybe the sixth or seventh round personally. I, I hear you. I'm not, I, I know watching that playoff game against Cincinnati, you really kind of saw parts of him maybe get exposed a little bit. But again, I think that's the offense maybe stagnating as a whole. Like, they don't have – it's an Andy Reid offense. So, you know, we're very familiar with the fact that running backs really don't get involved outside of the passing game too much. Yeah, you're taking away Tyreek Hill. Uh, you did add Juju Smith-Schuster, who I know for some people it's like, yeah, so what? You know, you forgot last year he was hurt, but he's still a pretty solid wide receiver. He doesn't have the speed. He's not even close to to what Tyreek Hill brought you to take the top off of off of a defense. They did add Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who we all know is, you know, again, a blazing force down the field. It's just that the guy has trouble catching the football. But if you have somebody to help stretch that out, I think that'll help them. I I, I got to think that they're going to try to circle the wagons a little bit and stop and look and see what went wrong last year where, um, you know, for, for lack of a better concept, that they probably should have lost that game against Buffalo. You know, Buffalo's defense just kind of, was that game was just the one for the ages with both offenses going back and forth. And and again, they probably were the better team. I think we'd all admit that. And, and, you know, it, he's still a great quarterback. I, I, I don't, I, I know what you're saying that yes, maybe temp, temper expectations, uh, see what happens this year, but overall, I mean, again, looking at how we're ranking them and, and stuff like that, I, I'd still take him in fantasy. I still take him a little bit over Lamar Jackson because yes, where Lamar has those like monster games and can be that guy as far as total overall consistency. Yeah. He blows up. And then sometimes he has a few stinkers and, and games where you wouldn't get him. Mahomes has been one of the most consistent quarterbacks over the last few years. I mean, you're talking about like Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, we're, we're both ranking a little bit lower than, we probably should have. He's going to end up being like a top five just on accident probably. But Josh Allen has been terrific. Justin Herbert, really good. And and pound for pound is probably probably maybe the better quarterback in that whole division. I mean, again, you're, you are talking about now you added Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, who we're going to get to. I think with Mahomes, I know somebody, somebody put out something saying about – Basically, if you take away it's like his first read, then you just make him scramble and, and then you get him. And, and again, you did see that where they they were pressing him all game long, Cincinnati, and, and they didn't have a vaunted defense, but they just made him look silly. And I, and I feel like some of that definitely goes back to coaching, where if it's not working, you got to figure out what's going to work, uh, what what's going to make it happen. I, I can't see Mahomes being that far down the trough, so to speak. Um, I, I don't see him being – you know, again, worse than a, a Dak Prescott. I don't see him like Kyler Murray even last year. You know, I know he had some injuries and, and they've added some pieces. But to me, he's he's light years better than than Kyler Murray. Uh, you know, Brady's still hanging around. You have those names. To me, Mahomes is, is easily going to be a top five quarterback and probably in the top three. I, I feel like the guy's too young and hungry. I know he's got a, 
you know, a goofy brother that, that attracts a lot of attention and his wife and all that stuff. And, you know, that that's social media crap. But I think that, you know, you still have Travis Kelsey. And, and again, a lot of people are fading him pretty hard because they think he's old. Uh, to me, Mahomes is still a top three fantasy football quarterback. Again, he has the legs to help it out when need be. He makes big plays. I mean, last year they were tops in the league on converting third and fourth down in that offense. And those are the those are the things that happen through your quarterback. You're not, you know, you're not expecting Clyde Edwards Hilaire to, to be that guy to get you that first down. It's Pat Mahomes. Again, they struggled at the end of the year, and I think they they kind of blew their wad in that championship game and, and knew that they got out of there uh, uh, kind of lucky. Um, but again, they were a game away from the Super Bowl. Again, fantasy wise, I don't think it can go wrong. But yes, you're not going to unless you're in a super flex league or something like that. You're not going to be, you know, pulling out too early to get him. Allen and Herbert are probably going to go one two. Some people like Lamar a little bit better because of the legs and and his overall dominance in the offense uh, as a running back as well as a quarterback. But but to fade Mahomes, I I, I can't see him being that low. If, if you have him at five or, or five to one, fine. But I, over five as as an eight. But hey, you know, it's your call. No, man, I'm, I listen, I'm glad that, you know, we're, I like the fact that we're off, you know, on some of these guys, because it just goes to show that what you feel about a specific player, um, you know, the, the, the things that you dig into as far as, you know, what you're looking at to, to rank these guys and project where they're going to finish, you know, obviously you have a different view on that than I do. And I think that that's, that's healthy and that's good. And that, you know, that helps to spark these discussions. So do I think Mahomes will finish at eight? If he plays a full season, nah, probably not. But for me, my rankings reflect where I would want to draft these guys. And there are, there are a lot of other players that, whether it be because of mobility or, you know, surrounding weapons or, you know, whatever the case is, I just, there's other quarterbacks that I, I like a little bit better. And, you know, um, I don't see Mahomes as a value at, QB two or three or wherever it is that he's going. So that's regardless of whether I have him at eight or have him at five, I'm not getting him in any redraft leagues that I'm in now scoring system matters too. And I think that that, mm-hmm. that actually has something to do with some of these other guys that we're going to talk about. If you're in a, like the league, our league of record that we play in is a, is a six point passing touchdown league. I like Mahomes in that league a little bit better than, you know, guys like, Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson, who I have ahead of Mahomes in my rankings, but I do my rankings based off of, you know, more of a standard uh, scoring system rather than a six point touchdown scoring system that we use because in those instances, those passing touchdowns are in fact worth, uh, excuse me, the rushing touchdowns are uh, worth a lot more in your four point passing touchdown leagues. So Yes, if you're in a six-point passing touchdown league, I do believe that Mahomes is still going to get his touchdowns. Uh, I, I believe that the Chiefs' offense is probably going to be, you know, top five or six in the league. They always are. They have a great head coach and a great coordinator. So in our league, I would take Mahomes a little bit higher than eight. But again, you have to make sure that you are aware of what your scoring settings are in your league so that you can value your players appropriately. All right, let's move on to our second quarterback that we're going to talk about. Uh, our consensus quarterback 12 is Derek Carr. I have him at 15. You are at 10. He is currently going as QB 14, so a little bit closer to where I have him. So you're off. You're you're a little bit farther off consensus than I am, so why don't you you take the lead on this one and tell me why you're so high on Derek Carr. Um, Devontae Adams. I mean, like... <laughs> Argument I, I, over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that was the mic drop and sorry. No, I, I mean, I, I think that's huge. I mean, you are, you're adding that wide receiver to that offense with that quarterback. And I know they go back to college, which, you know, definitely there's a rapport there that, that will put you, um, put you in a, in a good spot. You still have Hunter Renfro, who's a PPR guy, uh, Darren Waller, who's, you know, a little, little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He was banged up a lot last year and, and definitely needs to to show that he's still one of those top guys. A lot of people are fading him as well. I think overall that, you know, Derek Carr has been a pretty decent quarterback. He's always flirted with that top 10 uh, as far as, you know, fantasy quarterback and, and 
stats wise where he starts really coming along strong and you're like, okay, you know, like maybe this year, maybe this year. They started out really, really strong last year, that offense, the first three or four games. I think it was until they played, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was a Monday night Chargers game where it just looks like they fell apart. And that whole offense period, I mean, you had a lot of crazy things happen. You had injuries. You had the Henry Ruggs situation that happened, which really, I think, just totally sucked the wind out of that team where they had been kind of cruising, doing doing pretty well. And then, you know, you, you turn around and you have something like that happen. And I think that really kind of ruined it. And then they kind of circled the wagons and were able to get into the playoffs uh, in a weird scenario there at the end of the year against said Chargers, um, which, which, again, that was kind of a, a crazy thing. And, I mean, he drove them down the field. He, he got to the point where, you know, they just about had Cincinnati on the ropes. And, and yes, uh, does he throw some questionable interceptions, a little bit of hero ball here and there, tries to do too much? Yeah, because he's had to do it his whole career. Overall, Yes, he has a losing record as a quarterback. He's had some really, really bad teams uh, around him. But I, I think from a fantasy perspective, you're adding that dynamic of, again, a, a Devontae Adams. Last year, Carr finished pretty strong, uh, you know, for, for a fantasy quarterback. He, he was top 13, you know, based on, you know, certain scoring scenarios and stuff like that. He didn't throw a lot of touchdowns, you know, 23 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. So you figure with a stronger wide receiver in Adams, if you can cut some of that almost in half, uh, like take away maybe six, seven of those picks where forcing a ball into Brian Edwards, uh, who's not going to make the play versus uh, forcing it into Devontae, who arguably is, I think is going to be one of those things that gets him over the hump. Um, you know, if you, if you did that, like you say, maybe adding another – well, 40 points to him from from touchdowns and stuff like that. That's that's a big jump. That would have pushed him into the top 10 and, and stuff like that. So I, I feel like he's there. He definitely throws for yards uh, throughout the season because he helps to drive that offense. Uh, he was top five in yards last year you know, with 4,800, which nowadays is nothing uh, for an NFL quarterback. But, uh, again, I, I really feel that, that that concept of bringing him in uh, into that locker room and having Devontae Adams and him together. Uh, the running game looks a little suspect right now. Um, there's a lot of talk about Josh Jacobs and and why the heck did he play in a preseason game? And, you know, is Zamir White going to be the guy? You got Kenyon Drake hanging around. Brandon Bolden's there from New England. Like, they, they got a lot going on. But the passing game would probably be the way to go. They're going to run through that, pardon me, run the offense through that, so to speak. And, again, with Waller, with Renfro, and now you throw Devontae Adams – you got Keelan Cole, you got Mac Hollins on the roster. Demarcus Robinson came over from Kansas City, so you have some some people, some human beings that that can play football. I kind of like the Keelan Cole under the radar thing there. He's he's never been a horrible wide receiver. I think with a a decent offense like this, maybe he has a chance to to really do something. But uh, I I like Derek Carr. I've always always like had a soft spot for him. I know the guy like tries his hardest to to be good, but I think this might be the year where you're finally giving him a you know, a top five wide receiver. And a lot of people fade Adams and go, oh, now he's going to fall apart. Look, you gave him Derek Carr. I just can't see two guys together that can probably benefit from each other. And they both force each other to struggle uh, again, based off of that. So I, I like Derek Carr as a top 10 quarterback in fantasy this year. I think it's definitely possible, you know, with some of the guys, you know, Stafford's having elbow problems. Russell Wilson's on a new team. So some of those guys, Joe Burrow might have a Super Bowl hangover, you have a lot of stuff going on there. So to me, Derek Carr is a top 10. Yeah, I could see it happening. Going as low as 15 where you have him, definitely possible. Again, injuries happen, things like that. Uh, but but I feel like if he can cut down on the interceptions and not feel that he has to force plays as much and, and to have that alpha in a Devontae Adams there, I, I think that's going to benefit him and put him into that top 10 category. Yeah, I like Carr as a player. I, I feel like, you know, he's definitely never had um, – I don't want to say never had, but – I just feel like they haven't really supplied him with the type of weapons that, you know, you see a lot of these other top end quarterbacks uh, being given as far as, you know, pass catchers and Darren Waller sort of came into his own a little bit late in his career and became a really good pass catcher. But I mean, how much of that is Waller's skill and how much is it, is, how much of it is, was Derek Carr just sort of, you know, over targeting 
the best player on his offense. You saw it last year with, with Hunter Renfro. The guy had like 135 targets last year because there was really nobody else to throw to. So mm-hmm. could Devontae Adams get a ton of targets? Sure. But to me, I don't think that that means that Derek Carr necessarily goes up as far as his, his fantasy production. If you If you look back at Carr's career, he's only had one season where he's actually thrown for more than 30 touchdowns. He's averaging just under 25 touchdowns per year. And, you know, again, depending on the type of league that you're in, you need touchdowns to bolster points. Yardage is great. But even like you said last year with him throwing for over 4,800 yards and being the top five in the league in yardage, he still finishes the QB 13. So without him running the ball, which he just doesn't really hardly ever do with the lack in so far in his career, anyway, touchdown passes. And, and, you know, you also have Josh McDaniels as the new head coach and play caller there. And if you remember, even when the Patriots had Tom Brady, they still ran the ball a lot and they ran it, especially in the red zone. So, you know, that takes away a lot of the touchdown equity that Derek Carr might have throwing the ball to Devontae Adams or Darren Waller or whatever in the end zone. Do I think that he throws for, you know, more than 30 touchdowns? Maybe. I, I think it's possible, uh, you know, with the weapons that they have. I, I do think that, you know, and, and guys like Adams, you know, sometimes he'll make a catch and, and you know, turn, you know, what should have been a first down and break a tackle or two and, and, you know, take it to the house. He's, he's that kind of player. So I think that, you know, Adams definitely helps, but for me to rank somebody inside the top 10 where you have him when he's never finished that high, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I do think that that Adams helps. I just don't know that I just, we've always seen good quarterbacks elevate wide receiver play. And I'm not saying that Devontae Adams isn't a star in this league and isn't a great wide receiver, but he's been playing with arguably the best quarterback in the league. And one of the best quarterbacks probably in the history of the NFL in Aaron Rodgers for years. And that connection with that great of a quarterback has sort of propelled Adams to be, you know, this guy that everybody thinks he's, he's, you know, obviously mentioned in the conversation with top wide receivers in the league. I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying Will Carr and Adams have that same chemistry. I know, like you said, they went back to college together, but I just don't, I I don't know until I see it. And for me, there are some other guys that I like a little bit better. Um, Some guys that have some rushing upside, some guys that have, you know, more production over a lengthier career, like Matthew Stafford, who I would be more comfortable with as my starting quarterback. I like Carr, but I feel like for me, I wouldn't draft him as my starter. I would draft him. Let's say I was planning on streaming quarterbacks for the season, you know, which is a a strategy that I do. Um, Something that we talk about in our, our draft and strategies episode, streaming quarterbacks, tight ends, defenses, those one positions. I like Carr as, as one of those guys, because I think, you know, playing, in that division, he's going to have some huge games. He's going to need to have some huge games in order to keep up with you know the other offenses in that division now. So um, I do think that there is potential for him to have you know a lot of of big boom games. But he's also shown us the the potential to to sort of you know disappear and and have some really bad games along the way. So if he was like a streaming option, yeah, I would I would you know I could see picking up a guy like Carr and taking somebody a little bit later like Fields or. Uh, you know, somebody like that, Zach Wilson, somebody who, you know, has the potential to to step up and, you know, and either of those guys do, like you said, they have potential to be in that top 10 range and, and, and finish it there. But for me, I'd rather take those guys as a second quarterback in a two QB league or superflex league or something like that, rather than relying on a guy like Derek Carr, who, like I said, who's never finished inside the top 13 to be a top 10 quarterback, but that's just, again, that's my opinion on it. And, and, you know, like I said, consensus, we have him at 12. That's honestly probably where he should be. You might be a little low. I might, I might be a little high, but, uh, I think you're a little high, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, I think, I think probably our consensus rankings 
are probably right on with him. He'll probably finish uh, right around that QB 12 mark. All right. So we are talking about uh, another young quarterback this time. Uh, another quarterback, a young one this time, not Derek Carr. He's, he's no longer young. Um, but we are going to talk about Justin Fields, uh, who's going to get his first full season uh, under center for the Chicago Bears. Bears had a lot of stuff happen in the offseason. New head coach, offensive coordinator, new scheme altogether. Wide receiver-wise, uh, you saw Allen Robinson leave and go to the Los Angeles Rams. Darnell Mooney is is now going to be the guy they drafted, Vellis Jones Jr., speedster, uh, and then signed a whole bunch of guys that seems like almost every single one of them got arrested for something, I think, in the <laughs> offseason. Um and have been having health issues and struggling during camp. Uh, made a trade for Keel Harry, high ankle sprain. Byron Pringle has some issues. Amon Ra, St. Brown's brother, Equinemius, St. Brown, came over from Green Bay. Daz Newsom, who was at a North Carolina last year, kind of a special teams guy, kind of guy, but, you know, it's hard to tell what the heck's going to go on with this offense passing-wise. But – that being said, you are talking about a quarterback in fields who has the dual threat ability, um, you know, can run, but is a lot more of a pocket passer and playmaker from that. He's not going to always look to run right away. He will take the big hit in the pocket. I, I think that's, you know, with a mobile quarterback nowadays, everybody immediately thinks, you know, take off and run. And he's, he's not that guy. Like he will, he will stand in the pocket. Uh, he will try to make plays as much as possible, you know, uh, based on what the offense gives him. Uh, I feel like he may be forced to do that a little bit more this year. Uh, again, take off and, and kind of get things going. You have a pretty good running back. And, and now there's talk of a, a possible, Timeshare committee, uh, getting the backup more involved with David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, um, that both are, are very skilled on that level. Um, last year, you know, he, he didn't play the whole season. He played in about 12 games. He looked, he had times he looked pretty good. At times he looked like a rookie, uh, definitely. You're, you know, and with that offense struggling the way that it did the whole team throughout the season, uh, he did take a lot of sacks, you know, different things like that. So it does show you that he's willing to stay in the pocket, try to find his guy and get through, uh, you know, through his progressions and, and try to find that overall uh, open receiver. With Mooney, I think people are very high on him uh, this year because, again, he's going to get that volume as being the only guy that seems like he really knows what he's doing. Uh, Cole Komet, uh, tight end, is is turning into uh, a sleeper amongst tight ends. You know, you're getting all that talk, too. Uh, but if these guys have these big seasons, that's going to happen because of the quarterback. You know, if Montgomery and Herbert have, uh, you know, good PPR stuff coming out of the backfield, that's going to happen because of the quarterback. I think that it's going to be a tricky year for Justin Fields because, again, you're, you know, you had a you had a whole offensive scheme last year and it didn't work. But now you're you're entering an entirely new offseason with an entirely new coaching staff and scheme and things like that. But I feel like he's young enough, you know, smart enough quarterback, played at Ohio State, you know, comes out of a a, a very good pro-style offense uh, on their level. So I, I think that you're probably going to see him take on that yoke of the leadership, the guy, this is my team. He doesn't have competition as far as, you know, the, the Andy Dalton and, and worrying about stuff like that. Trevor Simeon's there just in case he gets hurt. Like that, that's really it. Um, I think that the Bears might be a decent team this year. They're not going to probably make the playoffs, but probably close to like a 500 team. It's really just going to be getting that wide receiver room figured out. Is that going to help Fields out? Yes, I, I do think that he may have to rely on his legs a tiny bit more than he'd like to, and that's not going to be his fault. It's just going to be the way things go. Uh, again, he did he did run for over 400 yards, uh, but he didn't do it all the time, but he averaged close to six yards a carry. So if need be, you know, he'll give you about 35 yards a game. Uh, and, and that just shows that again, he's not Lamar Jackson. He's not leading your team in rushing with 120 yards and throwing for 104 uh, at, with a total offense concept. Um, you know, he's just, he's going to be as good as the rest of the offense. That's, that's really it. But I do think that 
if they scheme more to him and, and kind of get him involved, then yeah, do some rollout stuff and, and different things like that. You know, you're, you're, it's not Matt Nagy with that dopey look on the sidelines, like not knowing what the heck's going on and, and being a lame duck coach. This These guys are going to get involved quick. Not saying he's going to be Aaron Rodgers, but but they're definitely going to look for ways to to make him a better quarterback, a more efficient quarterback. And so far out of camp, things have been pretty good. Uh, good news for him. And again, Mooney, Komet, uh, the, the running backs in the backfield will help to get him over the top. So I definitely think that he's he's got top 15 potential. Um, and again, I think that'll be more through his arm than his legs. Uh, Pat, I know you're not as high on him as I am. You you actually have him outside the top 20. I've actually moved up on him a little bit recently. Uh, I have him right at 19 now. Okay. But, uh, I think for him, I, I'm torn because – so I have Trey Lance – ranked fairly high much higher than you actually uh at quarterback 11 because i do believe that again depending on your scoring system and and you know most i don't want to say most but i I would say a majority of the leagues are probably still doing the old four point passing touchdown thing if you're in a league with a four point passing touchdown scoring system these quarterbacks that run the ball like Fields and Lance and Hurts and Jackson, these guys should be a lot higher up on your on your draft ranks or draft board, uh, you know, than your standard pocket passers because first of all, you're not getting the same yardage totals. Obviously it's it's usually one point for every twenty or twenty five yards for the quarterback and one point for every ten yards uh, rushing or receiving. So if you have a quarterback who throws for three hundred yards and you're getting one point for every 25, you know, passing yards. That's 12 points, and that's great. But a quarterback who rushes for 120 yards—not that that's common—but Fields ran for 103 during Week Eight last year. It's definitely within his his range of mm-hmm. you know outcomes. So these guys who run the ball are basically just racking up points almost at twice the pace of the quarterbacks who don't. And because Fields has that rushing ability, and because at the end of last year so basically from week eight on justin fields finished as a top 10 quarterback four out of the five games that he played and the one game that he didn't was due to it was shortened due to injury in week 11 and each of those games he ran the ball at least seven times so seven eight nine and ten times in those four games so i do think that a lot of fields value is going to come out of the rushing game especially considering the fact that the bears don't have a ton of receiving weapons. Yes, Darnell Mooney looks like he could break out and he had a really good season last year. But I mean, have what what have we really seen from him so far in his young career? And again, I'm not saying that Mooney isn't going to be good. I actually have Mooney, I believe, ranked higher than than ADP because of the amount of targets that I think he's going to receive this year. Again, I'm with you on the whole Cole Komet thing. I think he's you know, again, <laughs> he's one of my tight ends that I have probably ranked higher than ADP as well. Because that Bears offense is going to have to throw the ball to somebody. But mm-hmm. I can honestly see Justin Fields averaging somewhere in the neighborhood of eight to nine rushes per game. And again, if you keep up with that six-point average, which usually with, with quarterbacks, you get a little bit higher of an average because it's a pass play. A lot of guys are downfield. You know, you break out quarterbacks, especially rushing quarterbacks, are a lot faster than most defensive linemen and linebackers. So when you do finally break out and run, you're picking up a a decent chunk of yardage before you're either sliding or running out of bounds or whatever the case is. If you're a quarterback, you should be doing those things. But before, you know, basically before you're tackled. So I think Fields could easily put up 50 to 60 yards on average per game. And if you extrapolate that out and he stays healthy and plays a full 17 game season, it only takes just a little over 58 yards per game to hit that thousand yard mark. I'm not saying I think fields is going to be a thousand yard rusher. I I have him more in the range of somewhere around 750 yards or so rushing, but I do think that he's going to give you, he's another one of these guys like Derek Carr, um, who I actually like to, to take in those, you know, drafts where I'm taking a quarterback really late. I usually like to grab a guy like fields who, Again, if he can, if he can turn it up with his arm, because he he didn't have great passing stats last year in the games that he started. I think he threw 
10 interceptions and only seven passing touchdowns, which is obviously something that he's going to need to get better on and something I think he will get better on as he goes. But I think as far as rushing goes in just basically half a season, he ran for 420 yards on 72 rush attempts. So if you bring that up to, like I said, 120, 150 rush attempts somewhere in that neighborhood, you're looking at around 750 to 800 yards. So, and then, you know, obviously the rushing touchdowns that go along with it. And again, if you're in a four point passing touchdown league, guys who rush for touchdowns, it's, it's obviously it's like worth a, a touchdown and a half passing. So if you're in a league like that, uh, I do think that Fields is a, is a great option as a QB2, as a backup, as, again, somebody that you might want to stream. I don't necessarily think this year is the year that he's going to break into the top 12, which is why I have him ranked where I do. But I do like him as one of these guys that you can take a shot on later in the draft and you know have the potential to have another you know Jalen Hurts, potentially. I mean, if you look at Hurts last year, everybody was like, oh, he can't throw the ball, he can't throw the ball. Yeah, great. He still finished as like the QB six or seven in, in fantasy scoring. So you don't have to be a great thrower of the ball if you can run the way that Fields can. And and I do like uh, it's something like I said. I moved him up a few spots. I can actually see myself moving him up a few more spots uh, as we get closer to the season, just because you know I'm hearing good things out of camp about you know the rookie Velas Jones that they drafted, and you know obviously like you said, we both are are big on Cole Komet and. Darnell Mooney this year. So I, I think, you know, I, I may be warming on fields even a little bit more than uh, as you're talking about him. See, you see the yeah. potential. I, I, no, I know. It's just, like you said, you're not, you're not kicking him to the curb and you got him, you know, Q, you're not Chris Sims. He's not QB 35 <laughs> in the league. No, I, I get what you're saying. But um, and, and again, I, I, again, I, I think, yeah, maybe the legs get a little more involved depending on how they scheme that whole offense. But yeah, overall, I, I do think he's definitely going to improve. I, I don't see him being a quarterback that struggles because of his own play. If anything, he struggles yet because of what what kind of talent they have around him. And, and who knows? It, it, something could shake out some of those like veteran cuts that they end up picking up a, a stronger name of somebody uh, at a wide receiver position, maybe to just kind of shore that up and give him a, an anchor. Um, you know, you have a couple guys still out there that are a little older, long in the tooth, but maybe gives him a – an extra wide receiver safety valve, like a you know, per se, like a Cole Beasley or somebody like that who, who's still out there and and definitely a, a stronger receiver of the ball and stuff like that. So, yeah, definitely, I, I see that. Next, Trevor Lawrence, this poor guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you say, oh, bad enough you're in Jacksonville. No, last year was just a you know a lost season, uh, a hell of a way to to start out for a rookie quarterback coming out of a, a monster program at Clemson, uh, you know, national titles and, and things like that. Like this guy, the world was, you know, his oyster uh, gets to play with his college running back and then he gets hurt in camp. You know, Urban Meyer was the coach. We, we watched that whole debacle happen. And it, it's just, it, I think this kid is, is a really good quarterback and I think it's going to take a little time. He's got a good coach in Doug Peterson. That's going to put him in a better position to be, a, a good quarterback. I, I mean, a functional quarterback. That whole team was brutal on offense last year. And you watched it, and it wasn't because the players weren't good per se. It was because you had a rookie college head coach, you had a rookie quarterback. It all, a lot of stuff worked against them. Did he flourish at all? Did he show anything tremendous? Not exactly. You know, he definitely was near the bottom of the barrel for a lot of things. And that was based on the fact that they tried to do too much with him. I mean, he didn't have a lot of, of weapons, uh, so to speak, around him. Uh, they did make some signings in the offseason. Uh, Christian Kirk came on board. I, I saw where he had a little bit of a ding to him today in camp. So hopefully he's OK. Uh, Zay Jones, who kind of came on strong a little bit last year as a, as a wide receiver, maybe starting to come into his own. With the Raiders, he came on board. Marvin Jones, a big consistent for him pretty much last year. And then uh, once they kind of figured out that that was one of the only guys he could go to, uh, they, they started to key on him a little bit more. Uh, they've picked up Evan Ingram, who I am not really a big fan of, but there's hope that he's going to be uh, you know, the next big thing as far as a pass-catching tight end down there for them. You are getting Travis Etienne back, and, and it sounds like he's had a very strong camp coming back off the list, Frank, so hopefully he stays healthy. 
I like this kid. I, I think I'd be very I, I'd be very shocked if he struggles the way he did last year. If he does, then then maybe they broke him. I think he's got the potential with that offense. And Doug's a quarterback whisperer. We, we've seen it. Granted, he didn't have quite the first year, but Carson Wentz's second season, you know, barring an injury, the guy had borderline MVP statistics and numbers and wins. And we know what happened to that Eagles team. Uh, I'm not comparing the two quarterbacks dead on like that. I, I feel like with a little bit more of a professional coaching staff, a professional offense, you know, they shored up the offensive line. They're, they're doing things to protect them because, again, this kid got his butt kicked last year, you know, threw the ball a ton, which, you know, you, you definitely expect a quarterback to do that. Um, he was seventh in pass attempts right behind uh, Ben Roethlisberger. So he threw the ball more than Stafford, Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, so on and so forth. And, yeah, just didn't have the the stats to to show for it touchdowns not really there again you know got sacked a lot and you know shows a little bit fleet of foot um he did run for uh over 300 yards so you know he's probably running for his life the poor guy it's a shame uh, i feel like some people are going to be a little too low on him i feel you know pat and i obviously you have him uh, a lot different than than i do i feel like he's got borderline top 15 potential and again that's with a lot more confidence in the coaching staff and the offense around them and knowing that they're not going to just do what they did last year. Last year, they acted like he was a college freshman and well, here you go, buddy, here's your offense. Just go. I feel like that has really just put a, a black eye on him and his career, which it's not his fault. Again, he may struggle uh, definitely. And again, if their offense has issues with staying healthy and things like that, but overall, I think they're going to make him a more efficient quarterback. And I think he's got a little bit more, uh, of weapons to to play with. Again, he got different guys, Laquan Treadwell, Dagnew. He got different guys involved this year. And once once they got rid of, you know, they had, they won two games with Urban Meyer. The last four games with Daryl Beverell as your interim coach, he won a game. So you, you basically had a better winning percentage with your interim coach. And he looked like he was getting a little more comfortable and confident. And they actually, you know, maybe they didn't have the greatest game in the world, but they helped to knock the Colts out of playoff position. So it shows that, you know, he can definitely definitely kind of make things happen when, when given an opportunity. So I, I think that there's good things ahead for him, and I, I think I have him at 16. Pat, looks like you have him around at 23. Again, you have him outside the top 20. And, and again, he could struggle, but I think that that offense as a whole is, is going to be, again, they're not going to be a top 10 offense, but a top 15, 17, where I have him at 16 as quarterback. Yeah, I, I think he's got the potential to do that. Uh, and again, get a, getting a little action with his legs will, will help you quietly in fantasy. Uh, he's not as immobile as, as again, like a Matt Stafford or, or Kirk Cousins or something like that. Yeah, I think that the reason I have him so low is just because of the touchdown to interception ratio from last year. He, he threw 12 touchdowns last year, started pretty much every game. 17 interceptions, though, and I, I get it. You, you know, he's a rookie. Um that happens. I mean, even Peyton Manning threw a ton of interceptions his rookie year. For me, yes, I, I get the whole Urban Meyer thing and all of that. I just I don't see what they did in the offseason other than spend a ton of money on mediocre players as a real upgrade for Lawrence. Christian Kirk was basically the third option on the Cardinals. And you know, Jacksonville signed him to this deal like he was, you know, uh, some number one receiver that I just I just didn't understand. Oh, the that, GM's that brutal. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. He, he makes some tough signings down there. <laughs> yeah, he's well, he's I mean, he's kind of, you know, the, the, the butt of the league as far as GMs go. I, I don't I don't understand how that guy still has a job. But um, I, I mean, to me, again, you said this, the, you know, the Evan Ingram signing, again, does, doesn't move the needle for me at all. Sure, maybe some of his mediocre seasons that he's put in have been more because of the Giants offense than, you know, his individual, you know, ability. But moving him to the Jaguars, now, you know, you put Evan Ingram on a team like, you put him on a team with a good quarterback. And somebody who you know is going to target him a lot. I, yeah, I think he's got the athletic ability to to be a good uh, fantasy producer. But 
I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just jaded a little bit by the Jaguars sort of reputation and, and them just sort of being bad for so long that I can't bring myself to, I, I just don't feel like they've done enough to turn this thing around yet. And, and yeah, by ranking him where you have him at 16, that by no means means that, that you know, he's, you know, changed the culture of the franchise and, you know, now they're, they're going to be a 500 team and they're, you know, they're on their way to, you know, turning things around and making the playoffs in a year or two. Maybe they are. I, I don't know that, um, you know, I can't see the future obviously, but just predicting this year, I don't see a ton of difference again, other than the coaching staff that makes me think that things are going to be different this year than they were last year. He finishes the QB 22 overall last year. Maybe I have him a little bit low at 23. I do think that he takes a step up. Um, obviously there's a, usually a, a pretty decent sized jump between year one and year two when it comes to quarterbacks. But I think I just, I would have been a little bit more optimistic on him had they gone out and signed, you know, somebody more along the lines of, say, treated for like a Deontay Johnson or, you know, a Terry McLaurin, like one of these guys that got paid in the offseason that, you know, maybe weren't happy with their situation. Christian Kirk just doesn't do it for me. You know, and that's just no. kind of the way that I see things. I, I do think that Lawrence could have a, a better year than where I have him ranked. I just, a lot of my, like I said before, my rankings kind of have uh, a little bit of, of a confidence factor built in. I would much rather have a guy like Matt Ryan, uh, who I have ranked one spot above Lawrence, just because I know Matt Ryan has done it before. And I believe in the weapons in Indianapolis a lot more than I do in Jacksonville, personally. Uh, I got it. Three words for you. Passing game coordinator. I got three more words for you. Jim Bob Cooter. All right. <laughs> I, and you're laughing, I know. But, like, dude, he, he did some stuff with, with Matt Stafford after uh, Megatron left and, and kept him a consistent quarterback. I, I think really – and I know, Pat, I know what you mean. Like, you're definitely like, dude, it, A, it's Jacksonville. B, the way they looked last year, it just looked like, they, you know, they couldn't play against, like, Alabama, let alone other teams. And I, I just think that – it's going to be a reset year. It's it's almost going to be like rookie year, one point one. You know, like one point two. Like it, it's 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 definitely going to be another adjustment. But it's I think the offense is going to be a lot more professional. The coaching and I think that's going to be huge for him. Like you said, you're not confident in him making sure that he's a young enough quarterback to realize, hey, look, last year it's on me. Maybe it really wasn't on him as much, but it's on me. Let's reset. And yeah, Kirk. Eh, you know, he's not the the killer that you're you're hoping to have in your offense, but some of those other players that might be able to get it done. And again, that just maybe means that you know Etienne, uh, maybe if James Robinson gets back to be healthy, uh, if they're using them out of the backfield a little bit more too. Dan Arnold wasn't a bad tight end for him last year when healthy. He had a couple decent games. Um, I think where he was you know a top ten tight end for their uh, couple weeks there, and then got hurt and that kind of fell off. So uh, I do think the potential is there for him to to succeed. And, and again, I, I get where you're a little gun shy because, you know, you're not really picking up a lot of Jaguars for your fantasy football team at this rate, man, you know, definitely. So uh totally understand that, you know, you're, you're just not comfortable with him just yet. I so guess. the last guy that, yeah, the last guy that we were going to talk about, I, we were going to talk about Deshaun Watson. I, I This was, you know, we sort of set this, this podcast up during that whole, you know, Deshaun Watson fiasco and then it came out that he was going to be suspended for six games and with that information I sort of ranked him or adjusted his rank based off of that information now we're hearing obviously that the NFL is appealing the suspension and they're going to be uh, assigning uh, Roger Goodell is going to be assigning a designee to basically dole out a different suspension a different discipline to Watson other than, you know, the six game suspension that was, that was handed out originally. I feel like we probably should hold off on, on talking about Watson until we figure out what's going on. Cause the NFL had been pushing for a, a, at least a full season. They, they, the way, the way that they worded it was an indefinite suspension of at least one year, meaning indefinite just basically means that they're suspending him forever. Um, and then he would have to appeal, but the the one year um, timeline would be he couldn't he couldn't re he couldn't be reinstated until 
after he had missed an entire season. The Browns structured his contact his contract so that he could miss a year and only lose a million dollars of his contract or of his uh, $236 million contract that, that he signed. So for Watson, it's, it's kind of going to be difficult. I had him ranked up at 16 just due to the fact that, you know, I felt like getting 11 games out of him again, he would be in that range where, you know, you could potentially pick him up as a, uh, you know, put him on your bench and, and just use him in the second half of the season. But now that it looks like his suspension may be extended and, and he may miss the entire year, there's really, I don't, is there really much to talk about with him? I mean, other than as far as fantasy goes, I mean, there's a ton to talk about, uh, you know, if you want to talk about his situation, but when it comes to fantasy, uh, we were really far off. Uh, you had him at 48. I had him at 16. I think maybe you yeah, had I, a little I, bit better view of how this was going to play out and, and sort of I, just I th- ranked him at the bottom. I think he's just, I think he's unrankable. I mean, I think he's it, even before the six games, just again, things that you've heard and stuff, but, but knowing that, you know, you're going to suspend Calvin Ridley for a season for gambling. Um, you're going to slap different guys on the wrist for different things here and there that have been of violent natures off field. You, you have something like this where it's such a black eye on the league as a whole. Um, again, you have a lot of female fans and it's not just ladies that are upset with this, you know, fans as a whole, like me, Back in the day um, when, you know, Adrian Peterson had the whole issue where, you know, we got in trouble for for hitting his kid with, you know, caning stuff with sticks, whatever. That, I, I was just personally for me, I was like, nah, man, you look, you know, I want to correct my kid back in the day. Yeah, maybe you got a belt or you, you got spanked because you're a bad kid. But things that are like over the top to me are too much. Uh, personally, for me, I would never, ever think about taking this guy, period for personal reasons, just like, again, me personally, Pat, you know, I like, I'm an Eagles fan. So I don't take Cowboys, Giants and Redskins, no matter, or sorry, commanders, apologies. Commanders. (laughs) Um, Yeah. No offense. It's not hate. Uh, (laughs) But I will never take those players because I just, as dumb as it sounds, I don't want to root against my team twice a year so that Ezekiel Elliott eats. Um, No, not worried about it. Like I'd rather not. And and to my detriment, whatever, that's fine. And and people are like, you're an idiot. Uh, yeah, I am, but still, that has nothing to do with it. My whole thing is that, like, this guy, for what happened, you already missed a season. Like, I think we all kind of forget for a second that, yeah, last year he did not play for the Houston Texans. You had, you know, Davis Mills, who I, I kind of like kind of came on a little bit there and, and really started to be uh, looking like a decent young quarterback. So he didn't play last year. He's not – I just don't see it happening. He's not going to play this year, and the indefinite suspension – for the league, I think that this is going to make them restructure their entire disciplinary process where they went to an independent arbitrator, the judge, it was her first go around. She gave them the six games based off of things that have happened in the league before. But, you know, you're going to say that this guy, you know, I wouldn't leave this guy alone with anybody, but he can continue his professional sports career and represent the league and the Cleveland organization and all that. Um, the fans were like, like cheering and clapping for, you know, they were happy to have the quarterback that you you have those blinders on that, you know, this is going to come up and it's going to be between the league and the NFLPA where you're going to really have something happen. And I think even the players association knows that, look, you know, it's one thing to go to bat for a guy that gambled or a guy that, that got a little hot headed and, you know, maybe put hands on somebody that he shouldn't have or, or had a DUI or, or something like that. But you're looking at like what happened with, you know, you have a Henry Ruggs situation last year, which is completely different than this. That man will never play football again, and he took lives and made really stupid decisions, and, and it's affected families and 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 stuff like that. This is not that level, but this is also abhorrent. Um, Michael Vick back in the day, you know, he, he he got he got suspended. He went to jail. Like these are things that are that are considered heinous for the league, and I can't see them embracing him. And, you know, having him on a TV, let alone. So that means the Cleveland Browns will never play. If he's their quarterback, they're never going to put him on Monday Night Football. They're never going to put him on Sunday Night Football, Thursday Night Football. They don't want him to be that guy. They just want him to get lost in the red zone for a couple highlights. So you're actually hurting the whole team by doing this. And I think Cleveland screwed themselves by signing him to this deal thinking, oh, yeah, we'll just we'll we'll just blow past it. They have no way of getting out of this. You're going to pay a guy 
to play football and he's not allowed to play for you for at least a year, probably, again, I really feel that way. And you're, you're not getting out from under this. Like there's no, Oh, we can cut him, We can trade him. You're just going to pay bleed out money and have him be an anchor on, on dragging you to the bottom on that concept. I, I, I would be stunned if, if they turn around and don't get this indefinite suspension. And again, whether or not it's this year and next year or, or this year and, you know, he, he's going to have to do so much to get back in the good graces of the league, I think, where it, I just don't see it happening. And, yeah, I think, you know, to talk about him like this, yeah, you, I don't think you can say, well, you know, him clicking in that offense. Like, there's nothing right now that you can see there. So I think Jacoby Brissett, you know, is definitely going to be their guy, uh, so to speak. And I, I, I think you could see a possible, like, Jimmy Garoppolo trade. You know, he wants out. The Niners are willing to move him it would almost be a perfect storm. So they have a, 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 a I know, I know Niners fans don't think so, but a good starting quarterback uh, on a team that, that has a lot of potential and a lot of young players. I think that would behoove them to make that move and try to bring some zest to that franchise where this is, again, this is going to hurt them too. I'm sure that locker room's looking around like, man, you got this guy here. You got Kareem Hunt who wants out cause he's not playing, you know, you got a lot of stuff going on. So I, I can't see this Watson thing. Uh, doing anything anytime soon I, I think he's done for yeah I think this season is, is definitely a wash that you know there's some there's some scenarios where you know he could sue the league and potentially play this year or whatever but the, like I said the way that Cleveland set up his contract it almost was as if they knew a year-long suspension was coming and and they structured his contract so that he would lose the least amount of money as possible which you know again just kind of goes to show that, like you said, sort of the level of nonchalantness that, that the Cleveland Browns organization has handled this entire situation with. Now, with that being said, I do want to reiterate and sort of point out that everything that that is being acted upon, you know, used as far as basis for this suspension, none none of these charges have been Watson has not been charged with anything. He hasn't been convicted of anything. So understand that the reason and and the basis of these of these charges are still technically allegations. Yes, I know that Watson settled out of court with with you know most of the women you know that had had brought some some things against him. But just due to, just because he settled doesn't necessarily mean that he's guilty. It obviously looks that way, but you have to remember that until you're in the way this country works and, you know, the justice system, until you're actually proven guilty in a court of law, you're innocent. Now, the court of public opinion can see it any way that they want. And a lot of people do believe, you know, that he did at least some of the things that were uh, that he's accused of doing. So, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, well, you wouldn't settle if. He didn't do something wrong. I don't necessarily believe that that's a hundred percent true. I think that when you have enough money to where you can pay for a problem to go away rather than grow, um, they did try to, you know, try him. They tried to, you know, bring him to court, and they could not find enough evidence to to do so. So either he's really good at covering up his tracks, or it's, it's always possible that some of the things that uh, that he was accused of were not a hundred percent accurate so i don't want to sit here and pretend or or sit here and say that you know what he did was wrong or right or whatever that's not i'm not a judge that's not for me to decide sticking to the fantasy football though yes i do believe that he is going to get suspended for the entire year and that obviously will change my rankings as far as where i believe he'll he'll finish which you know obviously would be at the very end of of the league but just just for anybody that's listening just to understand that you know if you're not following this Watson saga closely just understand that you know the league's personal conduct policy and the court's legal procedure that they go through are two completely different things the league is allowed to suspend um, for things that they feel are detrimental to the to the shield uh, to the NFL you know based on personal conduct and so that's where this suspension is coming from. It's not coming from uh, a place of him being convicted for any crimes or anything like that. So just wanted to make sure that that, that everybody's aware because I see a lot of stuff out there 
um, sort of condemning Deshaun Watson as if he's guilty. And he may be, but he was never technically proven guilty in a court of law. So we, we do have to remember to keep that in perspective. Well, I think that's going to be it for the quarterbacks then. And I think that's going to be it for this episode. I mean, we, we went a little bit long as we usually do on the quarterbacks. So uh, <laughs> we will, uh, we'll hit our tight ends. We were planning on doing tight ends today too, but we'll, we'll get, we'll get into that and make that its own separate episode, which is fine. Remember to follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at the nine route one and at Scott from Delco. Also go ahead and check out our website, which is, www.thenineroutffb.com. Don't forget to follow and review the show. Send us those screenshots for your chance to enter to win the Darius Slay jersey. And before we sign off, I just want to say thank you to Mickey's Port of Call Pub in Tuckerton, New Jersey. Uh, Mickey's is partnering with us to offer a place to have your fantasy football draft if you're looking to go out, have some good food, some drinks, and just have a nice time. Be sure to check them out on the internet. They are at www.mickeysportofcallpub.com. Uh, their, their events are on there. You can sign up to uh, have your fantasy football draft right there uh, in the pub. And I can tell you that the food is excellent. We actually go there. My wife and I go there quite a bit. And we also uh, get takeout from there um, because their food is that good. So uh, everybody check that out. If you're in South Jersey in the Long Beach Island, uh, Tuckerton area, check out Mickey. Before we go, do you have any, anything you want to, you want to put out there? Yeah, no, uh, again, Mickey's thank you very much, uh, for all your assistance there. We, you know, I, I, I am not in the Tuckerton area, so I do not frequent no offense, but, um, looks like a great place talking about quarterbacks. We're, we're going to get into other things, uh, rankings and, and things like that. Uh, I really think that, this is going to be an interesting NFL season. Um, most of the COVID stuff seems to be pretty behind us, pretty far behind us. I know they have uh, some protocols in place. So we'll see if things take effect through camp. Keep an eye on their injuries. Any hot news, everybody's doing great in camp. And then once they get on the field, we'll see what actually happens. But, you know, definitely keep an eye out for some of those. We're, we're going to go dive deep and get you that information that you need. So, uh, again, for, for Pat, this is Scott. And we appreciate you guys listening uh, here at the nine round. And we'll look to get into tight ends on our next episode. Peace.